the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. Well, a less than optimal way to end the road trip as Casey drops two of three in Oakland, falling at the hands of the A's three to two, but still finishing with a very good four and three road trip. And that's important to, you know, keep sight of as there's doom and gloom all around Royals Nation throughout social media today. It's Davo. Glad you're along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. And if you're looking for the doom and gloom and the panic, you're in the wrong place. There is no doom and gloom or panic here. However, if you're looking for realistic Royals talk, welcome home. This is the place for you. And we will talk about Joaquin Soria, one of the hot topics from this game and of the first couple of weeks of the season, obviously. We'll talk about the Royals' offense, same thing there. And we'll preview the three-game set against the Detroit Tigers. That's all coming up. But first, we start, as we always do here on Clubhouse Conversation, with our player of the game. And tonight, it's Mr. Chris Medlin, who threw another good game today. That's two in a row for him in both starts this year. Although both did walk four men. So, you know, some of the control and command hasn't been totally consistent. But, you know, missing 15 days between the end of spring training and start number one, and this being just start number two, you can understand that a bit. Medlin, six and a third, gives up one earned run. That's it. On just two hits, like I said, walks four, but does strike out four. Medlin was very efficient through just 86 pitches in his six and a third innings. Now, the A's did smoke a few balls today right at people. Let's be honest here. The the fact that Medlin walked four and didn't strike out that many, I mean, four is okay for him because he's not a guy that's going to strike out eight, 10, 12 guys most nights, or any night for that matter. But the fact that he walked four, is obviously playing with fire, and the A's did center some balls up. There were a couple light, you know, right at Lorenzo Cain that he caught. There was one to Mike Moustakis at third base. So, I mean, Medlin maybe didn't quite pitch as well as his line indicates if you look just at the earned runs and the innings. I'm not trying to hate here, but maybe wasn't quite as good as what the line says. But with that said, I had no problem with Ned Yost bringing him out there for the bottom of the seventh inning because at that point, the Royals were up 2-1. to one. Medlin was just at 80 pitches at that point. And the number five spot in the order. So at a place where you get by that number five spot, the Oakland bottom of the order is pretty weak. And he'd only given up one hit at that point. And really no runs had Salvi not had the pass ball in the fourth inning when he struck out Chris Coughlin to allow Coco Crispistor an unearned run there. And speaking of Coughlin, he's the one that snapped his 0 for 20 with a ground rule double to end the day for Medlin there in the seventh inning. Calvin Herrera comes in, unfortunately allows a base hit. Poor Billy Butler gets pinch hit for by Jed Lowry, who drives in the tying run with a base knock to right, ties the game at two before Herrera gets Yonder Alonso and Marcus Simeon to end the seventh inning. And the, and the Royals could never get anything going offensively today. We're going to talk about that in a second. But Joaquim Soria, obviously, first. A tough day for him. And there's been a couple. Although, if you've been listening here, you know that I've been very, very pro-Joaquim Soria, and I will continue to be. Because many reasons. I mean, years and years of data. The fact that, yes, this was the second game that he quote-unquote blew this year. Blew as in blew the game, not saying as in blew like he pitched bad, although he kind of did today. But it, but it wasn't as bad as it looked. See, this is the thing with Soria. Okay, here's my, here's where I'm at with Soria. 
Another thing with kind of Medlin. A couple of the outings where he's pitched quote-unquote good, there were base runners. And he's giving up a lot of hits. That's all true. So in a way, Soria has been semi-lucky that he has not given up more runs. Here's my concern with Soria, if there's any concern. It's the fact that he doesn't have the put-away pitch. He gets the two strikes. The fastball looks good. He's been using the fastball very effectively, especially a couple outings ago, really busting hitters inside with the fastball. The fastball looks good. The breaking ball is almost non-existent, though. If it's, if it's, if it's over the zone, it's in the middle of the plate and up, or at least up. It's not down. It's either a ball or it's up. So that's the problem with Soria. If he doesn't get the breaking ball soon figured out, well, then we'll talk about you know potentially moving him to a different role in the bullpen. He's here for three years. I trust Dayton more. He's a veteran. He has earned a fairly long rope. The Royals are still 8-4. and four. Joaquin Soria is a big part of this team and will continue to be. But the good thing is the Royals, of course, do have a guy like Luke Hochaver who could join Herrera and Davis for the 7th, 8th, and 9th if they need to. Even a guy like Danny Duffy that could get a bigger role. So I'm not there yet. I wouldn't change anything now. But I do think probably, if, if, you, if let's say Soria comes in and gives up more runs, his next outing, I'm sure you'll see Ned Yost move him down maybe to the 6th inning, maybe change up a little bit, move Hochaver up to the 7th and Herrera to the 8th. I do think that'll happen if he struggles his next outing. I think if he has a good outing and another bad one, he'll still be in there. I think he's got at least a little bit more of a rope. Ned has shown throughout the last year and a half much less patience than he did before that because he's now in win-now mode. As he used to say when he'd stick with guys, he'd say, this is because we're developing right now. We're getting guys ready for us to win. And once we get to the point where we can win, I'll manage differently. And he has to his credit. So no issue with Soria going in there today and no issue him in the same situation if it happens on Tuesday against Detroit. My concern is the fact that the secondary pitches are not there, the curveball in particular. But what I'm saying is he has earned the right to pitch through that based on years and years of data, based on what they're paying him to do, and based on what his role was coming into the season. You can't just give up on a guy that quickly. So while he has not pitched great the first few weeks of the couple, three weeks of the season here, obviously, he hasn't pitched bad enough to lose that to me yet. And again, he's he's been semi-lucky. That is true. His, he, it could be worse for him. The first outing was kind of BS. There was some broken bat, you know, end of the bat, bouncing balls through the middle, but he did walk two guys in that game. And today, Ray Fuentes did help, you know, give Oakland that run there by playing the Billy Burns double, borderline triple, into a sure triple. As the ball bounces perfectly past Eric Hosmer into the right field corner, Fuentes bobbles, drops the ball. That gets him to third. Now, Soria, to his credit, with the infield in, did coax a ground ball there to get the first out. Then Josh Reddick hits the fly ball to medium depth center field. Lorenzo K makes a nice start at home plate, but that gets the winning run home in that second out there. So the winning run getting to third base on that slight defensive misplay. I mean, Burns may have made third anyways, but it was certainly a misplay by Fuentes and Wright. That... You know, Astoria may have pitched out of that inning if the ball's fielded cleanly. And maybe draw Dyson, who will be activated on Tuesday, would have. You never know. So maybe Soria would have gotten out of that fine. And again, one base runner in an inning is not the end of the world. A whip of 1.00 would be good. You know, but, you know, obviously for a relief pitcher, you've got to be good. There's not much margin for error. And with all that said, I am acknowledging Soria has struggled a bit the first few weeks. And I am acknowledging he'll have to get better before he gets moved. But I'm going to give him a little bit longer in summary, just because of who he is, his background, and what he's supposed to be. And it's a long season. We're just now at the end of week one of an NFL season, if you want to put this in NFL terms. You figure 10 games for every week, you know, 16 times 10 is 160. So, you know, we're just now, what, one game in and like two drives in the second game right now. And the Royals are doing good. They're tied for first place at 8-4 and four with the 4-3 and three trip. Can't complain there. 
at all. So be patient with Surya. That's that's my view for now. Now, with that said, if that curveball doesn't get better, things will have to change here pretty soon. Now, speaking of patience, the Royals offense, let's get to that before we preview Detroit. Another rough day at the office for several of these guys and as a collective whole. The Royals just one for seven with runners in scoring position. They leave six men on base. Some of the good today, Mike Moustakis crushes his fourth home run of the year in that third inning off of Chris Bassett, who to me was just as impressive as Sonny Gray was yesterday. A nice one-two punch that Oakland has there with a couple of right-handers there in Gray and Bassett. Eric Hosmer hits a double. Gordo eventually with a little blue pit to get the Royals other run in there, but that was it. Just Hosmer and Moose, the only two extra base hits today. And not a single hitter in the Royals lineup reached base twice. The two guys who walked didn't have a hit, and the four or five guys that got a hit didn't walk. You look up and down that lineup, slow starts everywhere. Kane, Morales, Gordon, Perez, Moose hitting the long ball, but that's pretty much it for him. But obviously, he's not off to a slow start. You can take the, you can take. 25 home runs or 30 home runs out of a third baseman if he's hitting a low average who cares and and that'll continue to go up as he'll continue to get some more walks too I think as teams start pitching him a little more carefully as the season goes on but my point being am I concerned about this Nah, I mean no I'm, I'm still not concerned about it I mean guys we're 12 games into the season 12 games into the season there is a lot of baseball left to be played. And the Royals are 8-4 and four with their offense probably playing at a C level. I mean, maybe not even that. The offense may be playing like at a D-plus level. They haven't been awful because they did a few games there in a row where they put some runs on and had some good at-bats. And they're doing enough in their credit to get the Royals to 8-4, and four, although that's mainly the pitching, obviously. So, But no, I'm not too concerned about the Royals' offense. I mean, what can you say about it? These are veteran hitters. They're, I mean, they, uh, literally every guy in this lineup outside of Raymond Fuentes or Paulo Orlando, or maybe even Gerard Dyson, who's never really played every day. Outside of right field, every guy in this lineup is a proven Major League player. I mean, you go up and down the lineup, they legitimately are. When's the last time you could say that about the Royals? And I got some tweets at Royals Clubhouse. You think, when will the Royals make a trade for a bat? I don't know that the Royals will make a trade for a bat, guys, because I think the offense will be fine. And if they do need to make a trade, the starting rotation may be where that happens later in the year, or maybe another arm. But again, the Royals don't have a lot of prospects left. They can't afford to make another blockbuster trade. So if you're expecting the Royals to go out and get a big-name player like last year, I don't know that that will happen this year. We'll see where they're at. I don't think it'll be an issue. I think these guys are going to hit. The only places where you can consider upgrading this lineup right now are second base and right field. But Infante has an eight-game hitting streak. has been fine. Second base is fine. You got him signed next year. I don't feel comfortable giving up more for a second baseman as long as Infante is healthy and performing at the level he is. So that leaves right field. We'll see what Dyson can provide. We'll see what happens with Fuentes in Orlando as well and you know you never know you got guys down in the minor leagues that could come up and potentially give you a boost in the outfield as well there's a couple outfielders down there in Omaha and one in northwest Arkansas so there you go all right well let's look at Detroit they come to KC for Tuesday Wednesday Thursday games remember 615 start times the Royals experimenting you know, through the month of May and then to the month of September, weeknight games will begin at 6.15. Select weeknight games. Not a huge fan of this, by the way, but we'll see what happens. The Tigers come in at 7-4, and four, and it's pretty much the same Detroit team that we know through the last few years. It's a team that has potentially very good starting pitching, a team that has a potentially very good offense, 
and a team with a very questionable bullpen. And the first two things, the potentially good offense and starting pitching, is all dependent on staying healthy. Because Detroit has a lot of China dolls throughout their team. They've got guys who can't stay healthy. Animal Sanchez got hit pretty hard against the Astros today. You know, he's shown injury concerns, especially last year. Verlander has lost a lot of velocity, has been injured himself. Zimmerman's a veteran. I mean, they've got nice pieces in that rotation. Shane Green, who the Royals will see tomorrow, has got potential. Of course, the lineup can be really good if they stay healthy. But again, Victor Martinez, will he? Will Miggy be able to hold up throughout the season? On and on, you go up and down that lineup. But it's a team that can definitely score runs, uh, but a team with a very questionable bullpen again. Slightly improved from last year, but I still think this is a bottom of the AL Central team, and I expect the Royals to win two, if not all three of these games. I like the Royals in all three of these matchups. Let's go through them. Shane Green, your Donald Ventura on Tuesday. Green has made just one start. In that start, six innings, allowed two earned runs, struck out seven, walked three. As it kind of a three-quarters, kind of a funky arm slot that he comes out of. Shane Green, 257 is what that equates to with his one relief appearance and one start. Uh, Green, by the way, threw 35 pitches in the first inning of that last outing. So we'll see how he does against the Royals. I think he's the toughest of the three guys the Royals will face. I know Zimmerman pitches in this series, but I I, I think Green's going to be tougher on the Royals than Zimmerman will. I'll tell you why here in a second. But Yordano Ventura is the mound opponent on Tuesday for Shane Green. Ventura has K'd 12 and 11 innings this year. That's good. The walks have been a bit of an issue. He's walked nine in that same 11 inning time span, but a good outing against Houston, obviously. Six innings, one run against the Astros, striking out six, walking three. This, to me, is the one game in the series that's a toss-up that maybe leans Detroit, but I like the Royals to, to gut this one out. I think the Royals are going to start hitting on this homestand, and I'm going to stick by my Alex Gordon prediction. I think Gordo, I, I said he'd go deep today. Didn't happen, but he did get a, an RBI today and a hit. Gordo goes deep on Tuesday. I like the Royals to eke this one out on Tuesday. This is the one, though, of the three that concerns me the most is the Green and Ventura matchup. And I'm calling for two out of three in this series, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Royals sweep. Now, I do like them pretty big on the Wednesday and Thursday games. Jordan Zimmerman versus Ian Kennedy. Now, you need eyeglasses to find either of these two guys as ERA. Zimmerman doesn't have an ERA through two starts. He's 2-0 and with a zero ERA. 13 scoreless innings so far for Zimmerman against the Yankees and Pirates. The Royals have not seen him much. Only Omar Infante has more than three career at-bats in their lineup against him. He saw 14 against him from their times in the NL. Zimmerman, now here's why I like the Royals in this matchup. First of all, the law of averages tells you a guy who has thrown 13 scoreless innings is pretty much due to give up some runs. So law of averages, number one. Number two, and most importantly, in a big ballpark, Zimmerman's not missing bats. He struck out seven guys in 13 innings. The Royals don't strike out at all anyways. I just think the Royals will gap him to death. Detroit's not a great defensive team. I like the Royals putting the ball in play against a guy who can't strike anybody out in a big ballpark with a questionable defense, a hungry offense, and a pitcher who is beyond due to give up some runs. And Ian Kennedy, you could say the same thing, and I'm aware. If I'm going to say Zimmerman's due to give up runs, you have to also say that Kennedy's due to give up runs because he's 2-0 with a 0-6-6. Kennedy's seven innings, one run, seven Ks, and two walks against the Astros. 14-3 K to BB ratio so far this year for Kennedy. I like the Royals again in a close one. 6-4. to four. And I do think Kennedy will give up a couple, three, maybe four runs in that game. So I'm acknowledging both guys are probably going to be due to give up some runs and probably will. But I like the Royals more in this matchup because of the fact that they can field the ball a hell of a lot better than Detroit. They'll put the ball in play 
And they're just a better team than Detroit, too. And, and you can't underestimate how good the bullpen is at the Royals, either. Finally, on Thursday, slam dunk win for the Royals. Mike Pelfrey, Edinson Volquez. Pelfrey comes in 0-2 with a 6-5-2. Volquez 2-0 with a 2-0-4. Now, Pelfrey gave up one run in six innings his last time out versus the Astros. But he walked six in that game, struck out only three. Time before that, just three and two-thirds, giving up six runs. Pelfrey's days are, as a good major league pitcher are well behind us. The Royals should hit him very hard on Thursday. If they don't, I will be disappointed, especially if they haven't won two games in the series by then. Edinson Volquez last time out, six innings, two runs, did walk four against the A's. Once again, I'll take the Royals two out of three pretty comfortably in this series, but not surprise me if they sweep. I, I like the Royals in this matchup very much against Detroit all season long, especially in this three-game set. There you have it. It's Clubhouse Conversation. We'll be back again on Tuesday night with the post game here on your dish. Want to make sure you listen to the Andy Stewart interview that went up today here on Sunday. 1997 Royals catcher. Please listen to this interview. You're going to laugh your ass off, first of all especially the last half of it. It's about two hours long, so download it and take it with you. The last half of it in particular will make you laugh hysterically. A great story, though. A great, Just a great life he's lived. Very interesting. Very frank, forthcoming throughout the interview. Highly recommend Stewart, who caught here in 1997 for a bit. And then coming up tomorrow on Monday, be looking for an interview with a near top 20 Royals prospect, Carlos Garcia, who's playing second base in Northwest Arkansas. A guy who led the system in stolen bases last year. And a guy who could very well be up in KC in the next couple of seasons will join us as well for an interview. Originally from Venezuela is Garcia, and that's all coming up here on Clubhouse Conversation. Tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Go Royals!